Hello and welcome to an interview with David Nino Rodriguez. I'm very pleased to have you here. It's, it's um, a great honor to talk to you. And um, just for those who aren't familiar with you, um, you were once in the top 10 in the world um, and you're a heavyweight boxer and you once had a 36-0 record with 34 by knockout, which is very impressive. Um, I mean, I've done boxing for a year. I've never even had a, a proper fight beyond sparring. So to me, that is quite a, quite a feat. And um, it was it was a hell of a ride. I'll tell you that much. It was a it was a uh, crazy crazy roller coaster of a ride. <laughs> the whole career, you know. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, as I understand it, you retired due to an injury, and then you got into. I suppose what could be regarded as political podcasting is that a fair characterization yeah all that really happened was and this all happened organically it happened accidentally i'll be honest with you i had my my life was only almost taken from me as you can see i got i got knifed here mm -hmm. uh coming out of a bar and uh, everything just kind of exploded after that my whole my whole world my whole reality just got hit with a nuclear bomb uh they didn't take my life but they took they took my career right uh, I was 36 and 0 at the time and um, uh, had a near-death experience, uh, changed my life completely. I tried to get back into boxing. I got knocked out. I was, at the time, I was 36 and 0, uh, undefeated prospect, but I felt I was the best in the world. Um, working my way up through the ranks, I was pretty, already in the top 10, won six championship belts. Um, I was there, you know, and I just wasn't able to rebound from that, that from them, uh, you know, slashing my throat. I um, took 369 stitches, tried to come back, I lost. Uh, and then um, I tried to come back again, I lost again. And then I won my very last fight. And uh, when that happened, I had back, sur so my back went out. Like, I remember I knocked the guy down and I ran to the neutral corner for the, for the 10, card 10 count to start. And before I could even get to the neutral corner, I was like, it, I knew my career was over. My back just went out. Went into emergency back surgery. I had two emergency back surgeries. Uh, the last one, first one didn't didn't work. The second one finally kind of worked, you know. But I've now I was never the same after that. That ultimately made me retire. When that happened, um, I went into a very dark period of my life. That was in 2015. But really, the dark period started a couple of years before that. I would say like 2012, 2011. 2011 is when I uh, got my my face slit open. And then 12, 13, 14, 15. 15 is when I re retired. And then um, up until about 20, 21 was really a hard time in my life, like a dark night of the soul. Uh, I hit rock bottom, found out rock bottom had a basement. You know, I, it was a tough time in my life and I, uh, I couldn't, I was just, nothing was working for me. I had no direction. I, I always tell people it was like, I was, I went from hero to zero. I was Superman with a cape to all of a sudden the guy in a wheelchair or something like just being spit and kicked on. Like it was an amazing experience. It was very humbling to see two different sides of humanity to be treated like a superstar, like a God, and then be treated like a nobody. Uh, I fell into drinking and drugs. Uh, I was constantly at the bars getting drunk. I became the washed up fighter. That's really, that's really what happened to me. And um, I uh, had no compass. I was just lost in the dark for a very long time. And, and I, hopefully some people can relate because what happened to me was not only was it 
was I having suicidal thoughts my entire, those entire 10 years, it was 10 years of darkness. Um, and when I decided to finally quit drinking and pull the reins in, I had to really pray about it and really, uh, I, I never really gave God a chance. I was always like, yeah, you know, God never helped me. God never did this. I'm like, wait a second. I never really gave God a chance. I never really, I, cannot, I cannot really say I quit drinking or I did this and allowed God to work in my life. So I quit drinking. I'm now three years, eight months sober, and my life has completely changed. Um, it's a different life. Uh, I never would have thought I would have got into podcasting. <laughs> That's something I never would have thought I was going to do. But uh, in in the in 2020, when that when that pandemic hit, and I'll be careful what I say because I'm sure some of this goes on YouTube. Um, I um, I made a video that went viral. And when that happened, that video dealing with trafficking and that and things of that nature, I was talking about it was very taboo. Very nobody even talked about it then. It was a lot about what uh, Isaac Cappy was talking about before me. I know about that. And yeah, uh, yeah and so I I discussed it because I have friends in Hollywood, big actors, A list actors, and I just said, hey, this is happening, you know. And I discussed what was happening. Uh, and I said it and it just, the whole internet blew up on that video and uh, it just catapulted me back into the spotlight, but not in the way that I wanted. Like this was not something I wanted, especially talking about this stuff. And I became that guy for a while and um, it, it hit, it went viral and it got millions of views and it scared me because, because of the topic, because I, I, I know I rattled the cages of hell and I thought, well, they're going to be coming after me now. After that, after that video, I just started doing a lot more interviews. I prayed about it and I said, okay, do I want to, do I want to, um, embrace this or run from this? And I had to really pray about it and I decided to embrace it. And I started going on more podcasts. Next thing you know, I'm learning how to work a computer. <laughs> I'm learning how to work a microphone. I'm learning everything just like get, got thrown in the water and then it took off from there. Well, I'm very pleased to hear that things have actually worked out because to my mind, you had your, your career robbed from you from something that was completely not your fault. And it's one thing to you know, make a mistake yourself and face the consequences. But when you can't really blame yourself for what happened to you, that must be That's even more true. difficult, right? That's not true. I blame myself. No? I, I'm oh, really? not a victim. No, nah, I'm not a victim. I was drinking. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I put myself there. Uh, that's my fault. If I didn't take responsibility for it, I would not be able to get over it. So I take responsibility for it. I, I, uh, I believe this was my higher self or this was a subconscious, uh, uh, decision of mine to sabotage my career. I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of uh, pressure, uh, and expectations on me that I just felt like I broke. I mentally broke and spiritually broke and I shouldn't have been drinking. I shouldn't have been in those places. So no, I take full responsibility for what happened to me. Okay, I, I completely understand. In fact, that's rather commendable. And um, there's one question that I thought um, would be quite interesting, and it, you're going to be uh, probably taken a bit aback by it, but so in, in the 19th century, the Prussian general Karl von Clausewitz once said the iconic phrase, war is a continuation of policy by other means. Do you find that there are many lessons in boxing that apply quite well to politics and how you understand it because 
I think that actually, um, although obviously I don't have the, the boxing experience you do, but there is a lot of um, psychologizing philosophy and sort of strategy in, in the conflict that could be a good analogy to understanding the world of politics. Yeah, because I have experience in battle, in war, because boxing is war. It's a high-speed chess match, right, that you pay with your – with either getting knocked out, you can pay with your life, you pay with hurt. Um, and I've been doing it since I was five years old, and I was a, a relentless killer in the boxing ring. There was nobody that was as, as vicious as I was in the ring. I could think of, like, Mike Tyson and George Foreman, but I was right up there with them. Like, I was I was a, a, a killer. And um, – I, I I learned ways how to beat guys like a lot like a lot of the secret in boxing is uh, never let a guy dictate the pace and I was able to outpace the guys or change the whole it's like having a dancing partner someone's going to lead the dance you always have to be the one to lead the dance and people don't understand that like when you watch Mayweather fight or, or, or fighters like that he leads the dance he he dictates the pace that's fighters right when I see that happen right off the get go I'm like oh they're letting him dictate the pace so they're going to lose. So when you let another fighter dictate the pace, that's how you lose. All I've done with boxing, and I've just switched arenas. So now I'm now in a – so I look at boxing now as incredible of a sport it is, it was, and for me, I look at it like kids in a play in a sandbox now compared to the war that we're fighting now with the deep state and the global um, powers that be uh, all trying to push – all trying to push us into this – global technocracy of this of uh, and i got to be careful what i say here because i know it's youtube so i'm very conscious about that um but where we're headed with these big monster um uh, how can i say on youtube um like what they're going to be pushing on to us kind of like what happened in 2020 that was the first you know the first big step into this global uh, everyone getting these and um you know, yeah, that and then uh, and so now we have two other big ones coming, which is going to be the climate change and then the um, uh, climate change and 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 that's how they're going to push in this alien threat. I, I, I sounds crazy what I'm saying, but it's already being played out right now. They're already getting to play this card, and it's a desperate card. It's a very desperate card, but they're going to play it. You can count. I, you can guarantee what I'm saying right now. Uh, you know, you can mark this video, timestamp it, whatever. They're going to play an alien threat card. And people may look at that and go, that sounds crazy. <laughs> Did you think 2020 was crazy? This is going to get even crazier. They're desperate. They want world domination. They want everyone to have a digital ID. This is real. I mean, and it goes back to the Bible. You know, the Bible called this a long time ago. I mean, if you just look back. Uh, and read the Bible. It, it, this is coming. We're not escaping this. This is coming. They're going to play certain cards to make sure they see the fruition of their of their plans. So um, I, that is why I'm so invested in this because I know what's coming. And I talk to certain individuals on my programs uh, that I feel are very credible uh, that that have the foresight and they're in the battlefront. They're in the war, uh, fighting this. Like 107 is one of them, and a lot of people are familiar with him. Um, one of my biggest guests, you know, I got guys from the intelligence agencies, whistleblowers coming out talking on my shows. So I, I'm, I'm in it and I, and I'm invested in this and I'm very passionate. So, um, yeah, all I've done is switch arenas. All I've done really is gone from boxing that, 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 that battlefront to a whole new battlefront, which is 
world politics, but I, more than that, it's the deep state war. So you've mentioned something here that I actually wanted to ask you a question about because um, I've been really busy recently and I've not been able to do any proper digging into the congressional hearing on UFOs. And I, I imagine that you must have some opinions on that. And I've not, I, I'm really interested in this sort of thing. I've done a couple of videos looking into it and I find it fascinating, um, but I simply haven't had the time to do, do the digging yet. So I was wondering what your, your perspective on it is. I don't doubt that they're real. You know, I don't. I don't doubt that they're uh, uh, where they've come from. Are they fallen angels? Are they uh, interdimensional beings? Are they uh, planet uh, uh, planetary from another uh, galaxy solar system? I don't know. I don't know what they are. I know they exist. I'm positive they exist. But why are they just now playing this card? Why are they allowing these people to come forward in the House hearings? I've said they were going to do this for a long time now. There's been CIA whistleblowers years play this card and they have the technology to do so the reversed engineered technology to come out and play this card so people are going to see things in the sky that they're going to be like wow what is that oh my gosh they're going to see tic tacs in the sky they'll see ufos or uh unidentified uh phenomena you know uh, unidentified flying phenomena um but the truth is we have the technology to pull that card the government has the technology to do this and fool everybody and then put it on TV with CGI, whatever, however they want to spice it up and, and make it look extremely real. Like we're having wars in the sky or like there's someone coming to take us, take us over. This is an honest to God reality. They're going to play this card and it's already happening. It's all over the internet. They're already pushing it. They're hurting people into this consciousness. They're, they're conditioning people into this. So it's coming already. It's already here. It's not like we have to wait much longer. They're going to, it's already here. It's happening now. So big ones it's like, Ooh, wow. Aliens. And uh, look what we're doing to the planet. We need to tax you now. We need to punish you for what you're doing to the planet. Okay. That's what's going on. And then people need to wake up. They don't think it's, it's possible. Look what happened in 2020. No one thought that was possible. And we knew that was coming. You know, the conspiracy guy with the tinfoil hat, start listening to him. No, I, I do agree with that. So I saw some people that were saying that the congressional hearings about UFOs were a, mainly just a distraction mechanism from something insidious going on behind the scenes. It's sort of sensational things that they don't necessarily have um, any evidence for. And I saw quite a few people in the sort of right-wing sphere that... Um, I would normally agree with on, on things. And I, I felt like this was perhaps, uh, th there might be some element of that, but I don't think it was the main reason. I think what you're trying to say is that they're trying to, by doing this, set up a sort of atmosphere where this sort of narrative um, of alien invasion is um, going to be received more positively, maybe, if it's had this sort of um, background, if you will, in politics and it's actually a legitimate issue now that people are talking about then all of a sudden it becomes more legitimate it's not just a conspiracy theorist thing anymore it's mainstream politics is is that more or less how you view it I well sir, it's, it's, it's serving two purposes they're distracting they're trying to distract from all the biden corruption that's happening in the states right now with him taking over 20 million dollars from burisma and ukraine the whole war in ukraine is is a distraction 
Uh, it's covering up the money laundering. I mean, that's what's going on, really, if you want to know the truth. That's really – so it is a distraction. But they're being pressed. This is a military move. This is a mili- – Trump is and always has been a military operation, okay? Trump was invited to run. He didn't just run. He's not just a businessman that just decided one day to run for president. Not how this is working, okay? So he was invited to run, okay? And this is actually an operation. What's happening right now is we are pushing their hand to make these moves, to make these panic moves. So this is a chess move. They're cornered right now. They don't know what to do. And right now, Biden is the rotting corpse or the millstone around the Democrats' neck. They have to keep him. And um, into going into 2024. Now, what are they going to do? What are they going to do in 2024? They can't keep this guy. So what's going to happen is, if you've noticed, Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, if people are familiar with the politics in the United States, has been successfully removed from the House, uh, Speaker of the House. So that chess move right there, we put in Kevin McCarthy. By putting in Kevin McCarthy in that slot, now they can't. They can't fall. They don't have Pelosi to put in as president anymore. They were planning to do that. They were planning to somehow maneuver. They were going to maneuver Pelosi. They had uh, Biden, Kamala, and Pelosi. They were going to move her, maneuver Pelosi in there. Kamala cannot be. She's not a natural-born citizen, so there's a lot of problems with that. So now they're stuck. They got Kamala, who's not a natural-born, that cannot be president. There'd be too many lawsuits on her if they tried to maneuver her in. And they, so we took away we took away Pelosi. So what's happening in the House and everything that's happening right now is they're going to start playing de- a Democrat musical chairs. They're going to try to figure out a way to put in Newsom. So that's where they're at right now. They're trying to decide that situation right now. With all that all that happening on, on the chessboard where they're stuck, they're like in quicksand. Now they're playing the alien card to distract uh, distract all of humanity and the and people watching Fox, people watching CNN. Oh, my gosh, UFOs are they're here. All of a sudden they're here. You know, all of a sudden they're just showing up. You know, it's just it's it's garbage. It's to distract you, but at the same time they're buying time to figure out how they're going to play this Democrat musical chairs and insert Newsom or whoever they want in the Democratic seat. And uh, it's uh, it's to take away from the Biden corruption. So it's playing many. It's multiple levels of chess here. Mm-hmm. I I would be quite surprised if it were were Gavin Newsom because even amongst um, Democrat voters, he's not necessarily one of the most popular people because even even the democrats who says they're going to play fair who says they're going to play fair what they did in 2020 we all know he didn't and i'm being very careful how i say this on youtube but you're telling me biden i mean come on everyone knows the guy didn't get there legitimately you know (laughs) i i can't say what i think on youtube but I, I think you understand. Um, but I, I wanted to pose the question because I've actually done a lot of research into Joe Biden's corruption, largely linked to Hunter. And I did a, a full timeline of all of the business dealings that Hunter Biden had done in chronological order. And it, it makes it so much clearer because one of the problems with the corruption is it's so complicated. There are so many different relationships. There are so many different countries and people involved. But when you can see it linearly, it looks so convincing. So do you think that there's any chance that Biden will ever, um, Joe Biden that is, ever actually be punished or held accountable for his corruption? Because I'm personally rather cynical of that happening. I think a lot of people are gonna be punished for the corruption. I think a lot of people are gonna go down. I think a lot of people are gonna be arrested. 
And I think uh, Trump opened the door for that. So by them pushing, putting charges on Trump, that broke the seal. Trump, And if you read, if you watch Trump, I've just said earlier on your pro right here, I said he is an operation. He's a military operation at the highest level. When he comes out and he speaks to people, people need to listen to the comms that he's dropping. Okay. He's dropping military comms. When he says, uh, we need to have executions. We need to have executions, public executions. This man says this. Go back and look at it. Trump said he's letting you know, he's letting the deep state know, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. You're going to get punished. So Biden, Hunter, all them, I believe they will be arrested. I believe at some point they will be. But you have to, you cannot arrest anybody for pre-crime. You have to get them for crimes. And what's happening right now is we're watching a big flush out of the government and people uh, exposing themselves. Right now is a mass exposing and a red pill of society. So as people catch up to speed with these house hearings, what happens after that? Once you know there's no justice in the justice system, well, there's no justice in the justice system. The DOJ's compromised. Everyone's compromised. What, what's after that? Military. Military will take control. That's how but this has to go. Haven't there been efforts from the left and the Democrats to infiltrate the military in, in certain um, areas? Um, is, Absolutely. It- and that's why Trump is nuclear and beyond. It's a high strata. OK, so if you look at um, if you look at the, the, the military as a whole, there's gonna be a lot of flag officers, a lot of generals that are not going to cooperate. That is why. Um, and, and with the guests that I talk to, the guests that I have on my show and my program uh, is uh, you have to understand the operation as a whole and how this is going to happen. There are going to be events or safeties in place that um, will switch command over to Cheyenne from SES. And that is that in itself is a discussion that you have to listen to with some of my guests because uh, they have details and stuff like that blow my mind. You know what I mean? But it's it's very interesting. I mean, what's the world is changing very fast, and we are in a war. But no mistake about it, they are in a fight as well. The deep state is in a fight as well. So uh, it's and I believe we're going to win this. <laughs> I do. I wouldn't I be doing what I'm doing. I'm I'm right. I, I was I was always right with my boxing career and. And uh, I feel it, and, and my instincts are good. So, yeah, we're going to win this. So I've, I've encountered increasing number of views from, from people who previously were quite supportive of Trump, saying that although they would obviously much rather he win, they're cynical um, that he can really drain the swamp, uh, to borrow Trump's phrase, because he failed to do so in his previous term. And I'm not really sure what to make of this view personally. Um, and I was wondering what, what you thought of it. Oh, yeah, you know, he's, he's draining the swamp right now. We're exposing them. They're being exposed for every level. Look what's happening right now. Would you, if, if, if there were not white hats involved in this mission, if this was not an operation, we would not be getting any kind of leeway in the House right now. There'd be nothing happening. They would, Hillary would have won 2016 very easily. And she would have went on, and a lot of events were supposed to happen while on her watch that would have pushed us into this one-world uh, situation. I got to be careful what I say on YouTube, you know. Um, but um, <laughs> I appreciate but that. No, he upset he upset the apple cart with Hillary. That was the first big win. You got to look at it like that. We are in the fight now. Now he put a lot of executive orders in place that called what happened afterwards with Biden. Like the big bank robbery. When I say bank robbery, people usually know what I'm talking about. The bank robbery of 2020. (laughs) 
you know, so um, so he put a lot of executive orders in place regarding that. So he knew it was coming. Everything that we're watching right now, he didn't sign the insurrection. So him by him not signing the insurrection uh, was basically he thwarted us into a, a, a red pill process because he knew if he signed the the insurrection act. OK, before January 6th, he knew it would have spinned us into a civil unrest and civil war. Couldn't do that. So he had to pull back. He had generals come in the room that talked to him and said, that not a good idea. Got to let this play out. Look, we know what happened. Just don't sign it. And so he did not. And so now what's happening is a mass exposing. We're getting a taste of our own medicine. The liberals are getting a taste of their medicine on just how bad it be. It's bad. So uh, what's happening now at the House hearings is the vice groups are closing in on these people slowly. And that's why they're pushing the alien card. That's why they're going to push the climate stuff. The vice groups are have in the background. People need to understand. Pay attention to the House hearings because those are going on congressional record. They're going on record. Let me repeat that again. They're going on record, and it's for public opinion. The court of public opinion It's for you to understand what's going on here so that when it goes into another arena, let's say, I don't know, military, it's a much speedier process because it's already on congressional record. People need to understand the war that's that's at hand right now and how this is. I'm just explaining to you the chess moves. This is fascinating stuff when you really start paying attention to it. I mean, we are, folks, I believe we're going to pull back the reins in America. We're going to get a foothold there. Now, I don't know about the rest of the world. I just know America is going to get the, the reins pulled back. I believe, I believe, and I'll say this on YouTube this way, that uh, Trump will be uh, before 24 or or something's going to happen where he the, the, the election is uh, – fair in some kind of way that that he gets either put in before or right at i had to be careful of how i say it here on youtube mm -hmm. and um you mentioned that you, you weren't too sure about the rest of the world but there's a, a phrase i'm rather fond of when america sneezes the rest of the world catches a cold that america sets the the, the stage and the tone of world politics because it is the most powerful country in the world and so Part of the reason why we cover lots of American politics, other than a decent number of our audience being American, is that it has such an influence. And so if there's a victory in America, it's going to ripple across the rest of the world. It's going to change world politics. And so it's a very important thing. And I hope that this is something that can happen. Well, here's the problem. The reason America is so strong is because of the, the mighty dollar, right? countries are shifting away from American dollar. Like America is, is uh, no longer the currency. I mean, you got a lot of people switching into the gold back and BRICS nations and stuff like that. So the dollar is weakening by the minute. So um, this, I think what's going to happen with Biden is he's going to bring down the whole uh, financial system of America. And then Trump, who's fared well, very well in bankruptcy, he'll be coming in to fix the problem. But I think Biden is just going to be left in there to messy up the sandbox and destroy the dollar and bring down the system. Because what they want ultimately is the Great Reset. They want the Great Reset and a digital, a digital dollar, a social credit scoring system. Basically, you got to have an electric car, an electric stove. You can only go 
uh, 20, 20 minutes away from home. Oh, your social credit score isn't good. Well, what you get punished for that. You can't fly to another, you can't take a vacation, you know? So that's, that's what they're trying to implement. Um, and then they have to do so first by bringing down the old system. So Biden is doing that right now. He's bringing down the old system. And, and I think, uh, what's going to happen for what's going to ultimately happen is they'll switcheroo. And I think Trump is going to come in and we're going to bring in a different system, but it's not going to be the great reset. It's going to be the great we set. I certainly hope so. I think that um, Biden's certainly done a lot to damage the, the US economy. I mean, moving away from, from fossil fuels for a start, Trump made America fuel self-sufficient. That's massive. Like, um, I certainly don't know the price of gas in the States, but it was a lot lower under Trump and people notice this sort of thing. And that kind of leads me on to the next question. How we, there are still lots of people who even now are apolitical. What do you think is the best way to get people to engage in politics and particularly for our side? Because I know that in Britain, at least, the lockdowns and the arbitrariness of them made lots of people who ordinarily wouldn't really weigh in on politics very vocal. They would be out on the streets demonstrating. And it's, it's brought people into the whole sphere um, and now they're talking about all these other issues that they wouldn't have otherwise known about had they not been brought in with a single issue. Is there anything that you can see in the United States that might be a parallel to this? It might well be lockdowns as well, actually. I, well, they're going to definitely try to do the lockdowns again. You know, I've heard by 2025 they're going to try it. I've heard different things. It's rumors to me uh, up until this point. I don't, I don't have any validation on that. But obviously they're going to try that again because that's their main objective. And they want to get you more of these. <laughs> they want everyone to get these. So uh, that and then, uh, you know, as um, America, like you said, as America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. Well, as the dollar crashes, anyone who's depending on the dollar, it's going to get only worse for you guys. So for everyone else. So we're all going to feel it in our pocketbooks. And as as that happens, um, it's it's you know people is when people feel it like personally in their pocketbooks they can't put food on the table well they become political real fast don't they so people are gonna have no choice we're all gonna be dealing with this it's gonna be global so everyone's gonna be dealing with this if they're not already if they're not already they're going to be so which issues do you think are going to become more and more part of the, the public consciousness because the, the trafficking stuff and the reaction to the Sound of Freedom film was particularly stark to me. And there were people I know that were apolitical who, who were just like, wait a minute, this film is about trafficking children. And yet the mainstream media is painting it out like it's some sort of terrible conspiracy theory. When we know this is going on, it's, you know, you go back 10, 20 years, no one was disputing that this was happening. Everyone was supposedly saying it was a bad thing, at least publicly. I imagine many politicians privately pretty supportive of it. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can say that on YouTube either, but that's what I believe. <laughs> yeah, I think you can. Um, I think, yeah. But there are lots of issues like this that were seen as fringe that are now becoming very mainstream. Like the other day, um, I, I was walking through the city centre here and there were people demonstrating about going cashless and protesting central bank digital currency, which in the UK, um, our prime minister, Rishi Sunak, um, is actually a big proponent of central bank digital currency. And before he even became prime minister, he was pushing 
to get us to sign up to this. And I very much don't support it. I think um, it'd be much better if the government had no control over our currency, or at, le at the very least go back to the gold standard. But this, this current system is absurd, in my opinion. And if they do that, we are going to probably be on the path towards the Chinese social credit system, which, um, although I think sometimes people misstate exactly what the social credit system is in China, in that it's more of a, a it's not necessarily a centrally controlled thing. It's a, a city specific thing. So different cities have different rules, which I suppose makes it more complicated and more difficult to combat because then you have different things to point out. And by making an issue more complicated, it makes it harder to tackle. But on the other as well, it suggests that, well, if it's not being pushed centrally and it's being diffused out in lots of individual instances, um, what kind of model are we going to see in the West? Is it, is it going to mirror that? Maybe there's going to be an attempt to institute it individually in a state-by-state -state basis in the United States. It seems like in Britain, at least, it's going to be our central bank, the Bank of England, that's going to be doing it, um, mm -hmm. if at all. Um, what are your, your thoughts on this? It's coming. They're already trying to implement the 15-minute cities in America. You know, They've already done it here not, in some places. Yeah. So it, it is. People need to be ready for this, yeah. And that's why we have to fight even harder because once they do this, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Um, and then we're, we're going to be forever in slavery and bondage. I just don't feel like that's the plan God has, God has for humanity. I just don't, you know, they could try all they want. It's just not, that's not in God's hands, God's plans. Um, like I said, I think we're going to have a foothold in America. We're going to pull the reins in and, and pull that back. I do think that Can't America. Really what's going to happen to the rest of the mm. world? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just know that I feel like we're going to fight hard and we're going to bring this back in America. But um, uh, and 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 that's where the America, remember, is the domino. When the domino that domino falls, it's over. I think I think we're going to pull the reins in and get a foothold there, and we're only going to hold this beast off a little longer, and it's probably going to lead to a, a much bigger war. But um, I believe that they're 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 probably going to accomplish this in much other parts of in, in other parts of the world, but uh, that's yet to be seen. I'm not psychic. I'm not making any predictions. Uh, I think we all need to wake up that this is happening, and this, and our freedoms are at, at at a price, and people really need to wake up. Oh, well, the problem is just too big. Well, get on a podcast, start talking about it, um, do whatever you feel you got to do. If you only just reach one person, that's one person more than you did before that you reached before. So. Um, people really need to make their voices heard, and and this needs to this this type this type of podcast, this type of material needs to get out there in droves. People need to understand, like, hey, we're all we're all going to be in slavery if we don't stop this. And the way you stop it is by the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is happening. You know that you know these people. That's what they do. That they steal they steal narratives. They steal they steal organic processes like the great awakening and they they grab it they steal it and they turn it into the woke movement they turn it into things like that that's all evil does evil 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 is like ai it's like artificial intelligence that's right they really believe evil is part of it um and and uh they don't have the imagination or ingenuity to create their own uh movement so they steal ours that happen organically and then they prepackage it and give it to the public so to me uh i believe that um the, the Great Awakening is still happening, and people need to wake up. Stop going back to sleep. 
you know, and wake up and wake up other people because this is happening. This is this is a serious problem. And if we don't fight this, it's a wrap. It's it, we don't get a second chance at this. It has mm -hmm. to happen now. I think that there's one thing I have noticed both in, in Britain and America is that there's been a, a war on rural areas that seem to be the best holdouts, particularly um, in the States. I think America is the, the country best suited to resist this sort of thing for, for many different reasons, like your, um, your diffusion of powers is far better. You've got a very armed populace. And, and so that is pretty good well, that's for why they're ensuring trying to take freedom. Our guns. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Guns. Uh, you probably haven't heard about this story in Britain. This it, this really took me by surprise because we've already got very strict gun laws. Although you know, if you want a gun, you can get one um, with a license and a pretty long process and background checks and things like that. But one third of all of our gun clubs in Britain had been debanked, as in the banks refused to have a bank account for these gun clubs. A third of them, and all of the banks. Simultaneously, about six of the major banks here all said, yes, we don't want anything to do with you. And if that doesn't strike me as a concerted effort to undermine people's basic um, ability to defend themselves, although you don't actually have the legal right to do so with a firearm in Britain for some reason, um, it seems like there's a very concerted and centralized effort because all of these things are happening at once. There's these rural communities that um, are pretty good at preserving people's attitudes and making them resistant to external influence, to ideology, to propaganda, basically, are being fragmented. They're, they're shipping in loads of um, illegal immigrants into very small towns. They're building um, housing developments that are twice the size of the small town in the first place against the wishes of the locals. And there seems to be this attempt of deliberately targeting the communities that are most resistant to this sort of thing. And I think that one of the best methods of actually resisting this is pointing out to people, as you said, waking people up. And I think that something that's very important is actually taking control of institutions getting involved in, say, local politics so that someone else isn't going to take your place and then use that position to do all of the things that we're seeing, at least in Britain, and to a lesser extent in America, although they're trying. Um, what, what do you think of this? Well, they're doing it in America. I mean, the border's wide open. Immigrants are coming, flow, coming through like gangbusters. I mean, America right now, we are being, it is saturated with immigrants right now. They're all coming through. I mean, I, I live on the border. I, I live in El Paso, Texas, which is border to Ciudad Juarez. So I see it, and I know that... Um, Basically, they're, they're, what's happening right now, and I get a lot of reports from people, people in ICE and then the Border Patrol, is that they're just flying out to wherever they want to go. So it looks like it's all peace, peaceful and nice on the border right now. Like, oh, Title 42 ended, and it's all nice. It's all dandy. No, no, no. What's happening is they're, they're, they're flying them out from ports in Mexico into America to whatever city they choose, mainly liberal hellholes. And uh, they're putting them up in hotels and motels to the point that they're flowing out into the streets and they're going to start and what they're going to start doing is integrating them into the suburbs start building project houses that's exactly what's going on here yeah there. it's the yeah, same thing so here they're, they're actually it, yeah no they're doing it in america too so it's it's a uh, it's 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 all part of it it's all part of this global takeover they just they just they what they do is they just they 
They push the immigration into the city. They're coming over by the millions. I mean, this is not the floodgates are open, you know, and, and it's, it's so we have a lot. America has a lot of problems, man. Like we we it's when we turn this around, when we finally turn this around, I heard it's going to take decades to fix decades and decades to fix. I can certainly Just believe from that. Biden's presidency. Yeah, some of the footage I've seen from the southern border where there were hundreds of thousands of people in, in one um, crossing point. It's just unbelievable. And the, that it's been allowed to get to that point makes you think that, well, surely it must be deliberate because you can't miss 100,000 people turning up at your doorstep, can you? That's <laughs> Unless you've got your eyes completely no, closed or you deliberately want it. Yeah, this is going to be really bad. Mm. This is bad. This is really bad. I, yeah, it's already I'm got telling to that you, point. even at the El Paso, yeah, at the El Paso airport, um, there's, I mean, there was one day, they, they've, I think they're flying them out from bases now. They have different places they're flying them out from. But when I was there uh, and I made a big stink about it, I was recording it with my phone and everything. They were sleeping on the floors in the airport. They were everywhere. It was disgusting. It was like, this is where our tax dollars are going. You know, like shame on the mayor. Shame, shame on all the politicians to me are nothing more than prostitutes. You know, they're, they're just, it's pimps and hoes. And these people are just prostitutes I call them actually on my show, I call them jellyfish. You know, they have no backbone. They just go with the tide. They just go where the money's at and, and they allow this to happen. They don't put their foot down. They're not fighting for the people. They're in that position because they can be paid off on anything, you know? So, um, that all needs to change. That all needs to change. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very, like you can tell, I'm very passionate about this. I've just switched arenas. I've gone from boxing to this, and um, this is the most important. Sure. There was, there was a story recently, and you might find this hard to believe, that we've been putting lots of our mi illegal migrants into hotels at the taxpayer's expense, which is really quite frustrating because... They're quite nice hotels sometimes, and there have been cases where they burnt them down or trashed them, and we've had to pay for it, the taxpayers. And so they've drafted in this great big barge of, of loads of houses on the water, and most of the migrants come over here illegally via boat from France. And their legal defense against being put on this great big boat is that they're scared of water. But they crossed the, the, the English Channel to get here in the first place. And this is actually going to court and, and things like that. That's, it, it's absurd. It's clearly political theatre because they don't actually want real solutions. That's what's going on. Because you can't take that explanation seriously. By merit of them being here, they would have have to have crossed some water on a, probably a much smaller boat and less safe boat than the one that they're going to be housed on. But it's, it's got to the point where we've ran out of room to even keep them, not let alone the fact that we're spending almost, uh, I think it was something like a fifth of our defense budget on housing these people who broke into our country illegally in the first place. It's, so it, people need to see that this is all engineered. This is, a, this, is, uh, this is highly strategic. It's engineered. And this has been in the plans for a very long time. People, I mean, if you don't see it now, I don't know. This is not an accident. It's just, it's not just accidentally happening. This is, this has been ha highly strategized and engineered. This is how they're doing it. So people, if that's not waking up people, I don't know what will. I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of people choose to be asleep. They're not, they're choosing to put their head in the sand. And that's probably what makes me the most angry is that 
evil runs amok when good people stand back and do nothing. You know, that's, that's, true, that's, yeah. that's how they get through it. That's how they get this done. It's because good people say, ah, you know, let, let bygones be bygones. It's okay. There are people, you know, you don't put your foot down. And we all need to start putting our foot down. So um, talking directly to um, the, the people watching at home, what do you think people can do to best put up with this? Obviously, you've already mentioned letting people know about it in the first place. Is there anything else that you encourage people to do? Well, in America, you got to write your congressman, you got to write your city representatives, your state representatives. You got to get out there and be vocal. You got to make your voice heard. No violence. I always say no violence. Um, we're not at that point yet. <laughs> Uh, but it is, uh, it is, you got to start lifting your voice, researching what's happening, listen to podcasts like this, get your friends to sit down and watch podcasts like this, open your mind, uh, and really start making your voice heard, uh, calling your representatives, writing your representatives. Now I know that's what we could do in, in America because we got to pull this back. We got to do it. Um, we are leading the charge. Um, don't give up your guns. You cannot give up your guns. You know, you don't let, they take an inch. If they can take an inch, they'll take a mile. And that's what they're planning to do here. So I think we are successfully pulling back the range. I think a lot of people are waking up in America. A lot of people are. Uh, and I hope, I don't, I can't say for the rest of the world because I, I don't know, but you would know more than me. Uh, and that I hope, I hope it's happening in the UK and other places like that. I hope you guys are starting to really like, wow, having your aha moment, like we can't allow this to happen anymore. And then you guys need to decide how you're going to take it back for your country. I know what we can do in America, but for you all, I mean, that's up to you all to take back your country. Mm -hmm. I think certainly people are becoming far more aware of this sort of thing. It's, I think, the, the pertinent question for a lot of the rest of the world, which um, seems to be more far along with these insidious schemes, they they might have more of a difficult time reversing it. But I also think that because things are getting so much worse elsewhere, America's actually doing quite well relative to some of the rest of the world. Um, it might be a case of the, the conditions are too bad to ignore. Like it is getting so expensive to live in Britain, which shouldn't be the case. It's a relatively wealthy country. And this is going to affect ordinary people. You can't ignore that the cost of living being to the point where even having a good paying job means you can't make ends meet and the taxes that you pay are like half of your income. You know, that's, that's stuff that you just can't ignore. And so these sorts of things, I think everyone is going to notice and everyone eventually is going to have to push back on because it's going to get worse and worse. I don't think it's going to get better until it gets worse, more or less. At least for a couple of years, it's going to get worse. And then there's going to be how a point. Worse are people gonna, how much worse are people going to tolerate? I mean... It's frustrating, isn't it? It's I, our <laughs> fault. It's our fault. It's mm. our fault. that we, The more we let them do this, it's like a bully that takes your lunch money. You know, more, the more we let them take our lunch money, the more they're going to do it. And then the weaker you get and the stronger the bully gets. So it's really up to people to put their foot down now. Now's the time. Why wait? Why do you want to keep waiting and let them just keep abusing you? Mm. You know, it makes no, that to me makes no sense. I, I, it's sad that it's like that, but unfortunately, people are very complacent and stagnant, and they don't want to do anything about it as long as they're not 
infringed on in their home. They got their they got their television, they got their microwave, they got their their little space. Life is not supposed to be like that. So I mean, the, these people are taking us for everything we got. We got to put our foot down. Absolutely, but I think that's um, all we've more or less got time for. But it has been a pleasure. It's been great to hear from you. I think. Um, we're, we're fighting the good fight from different sides of the Atlantic. And um, yeah. I wish you all the best with the, the good work that you're doing. I'm trying. Uh, people can find me at ninoscorner.tv. Nino's Corner. Ninoscorner.tv. Go there. That's where I keep all my fringe content. And uh, you go to Nino's Corner on YouTube and Nino Boxer on Twitter. So I hope people come and uh, try to find, you know, look for me. I'm out there. And I, I, love, I really appreciate you having me on your program. You guys are a big program and I really appreciate the time. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us and um, I've really enjoyed our, our conversation. So um, I suppose thank you very much for, for watching this interview and goodbye.